0: Hello world and welcome to the Overtone Warp Zone. This podcast is for people who enjoy games, love music, and want to know more about how their favorite songs work. In Season 1, we're taking a look at musical concepts found in pieces from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm Dan Bergman, and let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, today marks a very special occasion. We have reached episode 30 of this little podcast. Thank you so very much for joining me on this ride. I am honestly so thrilled that even a single person is listening to this thing that I put so much work into. And when I hear back from you about the episodes that I've made, it really makes my day and keeps me going and producing more episodes. If you keep listening, I'll keep making these things. Today also marks the first anniversary of the release of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, which of course is the game we've been focused on up to this point, and a game series that is very near and dear to my heart. I've spent a lot of hours with friends ever since the Smash Bros. on N64 came out 20 years ago, and have celebrated along the way as more and more video game titans join the fray. This game has an absolute dream roster of characters, and now you can settle all arguments about which gaming character would win in a fight, no matter what console they're from. And of course, today is also the first anniversary of the Overtone Warp Zone. If it weren't for Smash Bros. Ultimate, I may not have even started this podcast. I've been sitting on some of the episode ideas for like three years now, and it seemed fitting to start this thing up with the release of the newest Smash title. And because Smash Bros. has such an incredible roster, we have an incredible, near-limitless supply of music to talk about. As a means of celebration, I thought it would be fitting if we picked apart the very theme song of this beloved masterpiece. That's right, today we'll be looking at Super Smash Bros. Ultimate's core piece of music, Lifelight. This song was composed by Hideki Sakamoto, with lyrics supervised by the man himself, Masahiro Sakurai. The English translation was supervised by Eric Smith and Ryan N. Kelly, with vocals by Abby Trott. Let's have a listen. Smash Bros. Ultimate is a platformer fighting game released in 2018. Ah, you already knew that though, didn't you? Vocalist and voice actor Abby Trott submitted a demo to Nintendo when they called for additions for an unspecified project. After a couple of rounds of submissions, she was selected for the job, and that is when she found out it would be for the title track of the new Smash Bros. game. Abby, being a huge fan of Nintendo, was thrilled to have this opportunity. I mean, who wouldn't? She set out to work with Nintendo and, in particular, fellow voice actor Greg Chun, who together found the emotion and intensity necessary to sing the bittersweet lyrics to Smash. She said she appreciates the song as a rallying cry since, ultimately, through the tribulations she sings about in the track, the message is of hopefulness through adversity. As you probably know, there are two versions of this main theme that feature vocals. At the same time that Abby received the instrumental track and sheet music, so did Erin Akoga. Here's the same song, but performed in Japanese. The composer of Life Flight, Hideki Sakamoto, knew of Erina because of a voice actor competition in which Erina won first prize. And at the time, she was only 17 years old. Voice actors are held in much higher esteem in the East because of the prevalence of animated media. So this was a huge deal for Erina, no matter how you look at it. Sakamoto didn't tell her what project he had in mind for her initially, but asked what her favorite games were. Two of which were Smash Bros and Kirby. Uh, In case you didn't know, Masahiro Sakurai, the creator of Smash Bros, is also the creator of Kirby. So, of course, Erina was in for a treat. There's a great interview you can read between magazine Famitsu and composer Hideki Sakamoto and vocalist Erina Koga that has a lot of fascinating information about the composition of the piece and some of the challenges Erina faced while singing it, such as the extreme vocal range of the song and how there's a key change that makes holding that last note even more difficult. The link is in the show notes. So despite being the same song, these two versions sound quite a bit different, simply because they're sung in two different languages you may have your own personal preference on which version you like more. If you ask me, every time you translate something to another language, the original feels a little more solid than the others. Sometimes it might sound as if the lyrics or translation are forced into place in the English version, where it might sound less so in the original Japanese. It's kind of like reading the original book versus watching the movie. Both can be good, but the remake is just... different. And you know we're going to try and figure out as many differences as we can together right now. Translating Japanese lyrics! Before we even get into lyric writing in both languages, we need to talk a little bit about the differences in the structures of each language. Japanese actually makes use of three different alphabets, and you can think of them not so much as alphabets, but as syllabaries. Generally speaking, this means that each character in Japanese can be made up of multiple sounds, a consonant and a vowel. There are also ways of writing vowels on their own, as well as the letter N on its own. A word in Japanese typically only ends in a vowel sound or an N sound. Japanese vowel sounds are also pure-sounding, meaning if you see a vowel, it sounds the same every time. In English, there are seemingly countless ways of pronouncing vowels. Take the letter A. It could be pronounced A as in blame, A as in bat, A as in father, and so on. In Japanese, the equivalents of the letters A, I, U, E, and O exist, and they always sound A, E, U, E, and O. Sometimes, a word includes a character that ends with a vowel sound, followed by a new character with the same vowel sound. It's important to stress that vowel sound by holding it longer. Otherwise, each character gets the same amount of stress. This is different from English. Let's take the word Canada, for example. If I say the word Canada to you, you can hear that I'm emphasizing that first syllable, Canada. If I was to say it to you in Japanese, it would sound Kanada. Each one would have the same amount of stress. What's most fascinating in terms of poetic language is that Japanese is a mora-based language, whereas English is a syllable-based language. There is some variation to the definition of mora, but here it is as it relates to Japanese. Essentially, one character in Japanese constitutes a mora. Since one character could be either a consonant plus a vowel, a vowel, or the letter N, it turns out that moras are often smaller than syllables. Take the word sensei, for example. The word has two syllables. Sen-sei. However, the word is made up of four characters or moras in Japanese. se n se i each mora could have its own beat or note in a poem or song, but singing like that might sound a bit silly in English. As far as the differences in poetry, you're probably familiar with the Japanese form known as haiku, where you have a line of five syllables, followed by a line of seven, and a final line of five. This is much different from English poetry, such as limericks or sonnets, which rely heavily on rhyming. Since there are only six different sounds that could end a word in Japanese, a, I, U, E, O, and N, rhyming is done all the time even without thinking about it, so of course a different and more complicated aesthetic would be born from such a language. If you look at Life Light, for example, there's no attempt to keeping a rhyming pattern. The ends of the first lines of the song are ga, sen, ku, and hikari, all ending in different sounds. English we end with flame unnamed, night and light
1: Colors weave
2: into a spire of flame distant sparks call to a pastill past named there this torch against the cold of the night search your soul and bring the undying go
0: In fact it would be hard to think of examples of songs that don't include rhyming in some way in English Interestingly, songs translated from English to Japanese often use syllabic singing versus moraic singing. For example, the word Santa in Japanese could be sung as sa ta if it were moraic, or SANTA ta if it were syllabic. Have a listen to the syllabic version of Santa,
1: Santaは...
0: and the moraic version of Santa. See? Japanese has some flexibility when translating from English in this way. Of course the opposite doesn't really happen. Or does it? Words like fire and soil are found in the English version of Lifelight, and there's some debate as far as how many syllables these words have. You could pronounce it as fire or fire, and you could pronounce it as soil or soyo. So are those syllables, are those moras? It's confusing. There's definitely some blurred lines here, but I digress. What I'm sure is tricky for translating Japanese songs to English is the fact that the Japanese language contains no stressed syllables as we discussed. A song like LifeLight has a lot of notes flying by very fast. This is no problem in Japanese, since there's no chance of the song sounding awkward or stilted because of a weirdly placed stress. LifeLight actually does a very good job of avoiding such instances but one of the biggest ones I found is the word tomorrow in this song. Normally, we stress the second syllable of the three syllables of that word tomorrow. In the song, the last syllable is stressed, making it sound like
2: tomorrow.
0: One last thing I'll say about translation is the meaning of the text. From what I've been told, English has a bigger vocabulary of descriptive words, and so translation directly from Japanese could sound either bland or cringy. Translation in this case is definitely an art form, with translators trying to stay true to the original message of the song, while also trying to make it sound good in English. (sighs) Well, that's a lot of thoughts about the Japanese language, and I'm sure we're just scratching the surface as usual. I think it would serve us well to hear another example of a translated song found in Smash Bros. Let's listen to Lost in Thoughts All Alone, taken from Fire Emblem Fates. The song was composed by Hiroki Morishita, and the lyrics were composed by one of the game's directors, Kohei Maeda. The Japanese version was sung by Renka, and it sounds like this. non-Japanese ears, it sounds like a perfectly reasonable chill song. Now let's listen to the same thing but in English by vocalist Rena Strober.
1: You are the ocean's great waves, destined to seek life beyond the shore, just out of reach. yeah the waters ever change Flowing like time The path is yours to climb In the
0: white light. Personally, I see this song not being as strong a translation to English. First of all, there's way more going on in the way of consonants in the English version, and it takes away from the serene feel of the original. It sounds too frantic. Listen to the opening line in English. You are the ocean's grey waves. That's a lot to chew on. Just going from the word oceans to grey, you have four consonants in a row. N, S, G, and R. This grey. That's a lot. Compared to the opening in the Japanese version. That's really nice. Each syllable is a single mora, in this case a consonant and a vowel each time. Never more than one consonant after each other. It also has this crazy alliteration. Every mora starts with a Y or an R sound. Another less than perfect moment in the English version is right here.
1: Yet the waters. Ch-
0: Yet the, waters. the stress of the word of water is on er. I don't know about you, but if I was thirsty, I would never ask you to pass me the water. You'll see also that the translator took a lot of liberties with the translation. If you look at the direct translation for the first four lines from Japanese, it goes like this. Swaying and being swayed, one's thoughts flow like bubbles down the river stream. Those hands will open up the path to tomorrow. Whereas the English version uses the words, you are the ocean's grey waves destined to seek. Life beyond the shore just out of reach Yet the water's ever change, flowing like time The path is yours to climb There's a lot more syllables in the official translation which are definitely put there to fill each and every note of the melody You can also hear that rhyming pattern Seek, reach, time, climb in the English version To me it would almost make sense to just stretch out those syllables of a more direct translation and make it sound less awkward so, for example, maybe you could say "swaying and being swayed." You don't have to have a syllable for each single note. Needless to say, I think Life Light does a much better job of capturing the essence of the original Japanese and English version. While there is a little bit of roughness around the edges of the translation, ultimately, this song is still a pleasure to listen to. See what I did there? Ultimately. <laughs> This episode would not have happened without the efforts of Mike Onotera, Nick Wasuda, and John Bordash, all of whom have a much greater grasp of the Japanese language than I do, which before this episode was virtually nothing. Thank you to each of you. And thank you to you, my listeners of possibly a year already. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast or suggestions of a song or music topic. Leaving a rating or review on your podcasting platform is a great way to share that with me, and helps Overtone Warp Zone gain some exposure. You can stay up to date on podcast news by visiting the website OvertoneWarpZone.com. If you found some enjoyment from this podcast and want to give your support, check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash Overtone Warp Zone. Until next time, keep playing. Since you stuck around this long, Here's a special treat for you.
3: Colors weave into a spire of flame distant sparks call to a pastel unnamed Bear this torch against the cold of the night Search your soul and reawaken the undying light On that day when the sky fell away our world came to an end. In our eyes, did the fading sunrise in the dark, glimmering shadows. Silence grows in the spaces between, stretching out beyond time. Rising up as a chorus of souls find a voice flickering through the void. These little sparks cling on to life Everyone caught in the struggle And then the storms of change they fan the flames Scattering ashes to the wind Every soul contains a whisper of light Gleaming faintly as it dwindles from sight No escape, no greater fate to be made In the end the chains of time will not break Colors weave into a spire of flame Distant sparks call to a past still unnamed. Bear this torch against the cold of the night Search your soul and reawaken the undying light As fate spins, a thread without end New life draws its first breath Blossoming in a soil reclaimed from the past Where destiny holds fast Here where we stand, hand in hand Everyone caught in the struggle This is the day we finally find our way Stepping into our tomorrow Every soul contains a whisper of light Growing louder as it calls to unite Sings a chorus of souls Rising slowly, stirring heat from the coals Colors weave into a spire of flame Distant sparks call to a past still name Bear this torch against the cold of the night Light will guide you on your way to the ultimate fire every soul contains a whisper of light growing louder as it calls to unite from the distance sings a chorus of souls rising slowly stirring heat from the coals colors weave into a spire of flame distant sparks call to a pastel unnamed bear this torch against the cold of the night light will guide you on your way to the ultimate